Hey, God Watch people. It's Phil Goth here again with the God Watch podcast. Thanks again for downloading and tuning in. You know, I appreciate every single person that listens. If you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to drop us a line. We're always looking for people to come on the show and share their stories. So if that is something that's enticing to you, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Today, though, we do have a show that's kind of been a long time coming. If we go clear back to episode 16, we heard a a story from a gentleman named Joe Hogan. He ran a group called Train to Inspire. And one of the people that he was working with was a gentleman named Dave Mathis. And Dave has a rare genetic disorder called Noonan syndrome. And uh, he'll tell us a little bit more about that and just kind of the things that God has done and empowered him with and the things that he has overcome in his life. Uh, it's a great story. So sit back and enjoy Dave Mathis. Dave, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, we heard yeah. we heard about you in episode 16 with Joe Hogan, he spoke a little bit about you, and I said, Joe, i got to sit down and talk with this guy. Yeah. And now, finally, we have the opportunity to, to sit and talk for a little bit. Well, thank you for bringing me to your, your show. I'm honored to be here. No problem at all, so it's my pleasure. I think that one of the neat things, we've heard a brief little bit about you when we talked with Joe, so I'm really excited to get Okay. The story from the man, right? I mean, right. You're, you kind of can lay out your life better than anybody else can. Okay. I know one of the things that we, we talked about with Joe was that you had a genetic disorder. Right, that's Noonan syndrome. Noonan syndrome. Right. And then also that you were able to start running and right. you were becoming more physically active. Yeah. Right. I think one of the really neat things, and, and I'm sure it'll play in later, was the fact that you have changed the direction of Joe's life. And that's right. one of the things that he talked about was your relationship really showed him right. what relationships can be like. And so if we step back, we take you and step you back years ago, right. give us a little bit about your life, man. What, okay. what do we need to know? Well, let's see. I was born with Noonan syndrome. I am 42 years old. And Noonan syndrome is a rare genetic disorder that affects various parts of the body. So for example, I have a webbed neck and a sunken chest, and I, I also have club feet, and that is where my right leg and right foot is shorter than the other one. Okay. So with Noonan syndrome, it can affect your rate of growth. For example, I did not sit up on my own until I was five years old, and I did not walk independently until I was seven. Wow. Yeah. So, now, so that's, that's quite a, a hurdle to jump through at a young age. Even. Right. So, so what was, I mean, being only being able to walk at seven, what was that like? It was kind of amazing. And how that happened is, um, before I used to kind of walk with a, a walker or use some crutches. Okay. And I was at church. Um, my grandparents were serving communion or elders. And Nancy Johnson, a church organist at the time, was playing Danny Boy. And I was sitting in the back of the church. And for some reason, at the time, I wouldn't be sitting with my grandparents. So I got up on my own and walked up towards the center, back up to the church and up front. And I guess there wasn't a dry eye, people were just in me. So I think that had to be a God thing. Yeah, it, it's amazing how God does play parts in our lives in these right. kind of crazy ways. We have 
been in the same circles for a little while. We've right. never, I don't think this is the first time that we've actually really right. met, met. But uh, I think when I first met you, you still had canes, right? right. I, the I, braces I, I went with a cane. I still wear braces. Okay. Because I, I need that to be always be part of my life. But yeah, I used to walk with the cane, and now I can walk independently with that one. That's pretty neat. And I have a heel lift to help make my right foot or like the same height as my left. Kind of balance you out right. a little bit. Right. So. What was it like growing up with Noonan's? Um, it was challenging at times. I mean, I had to back up and say, at first I had great family support and church support. That's where I got my faith in God and in just knowing that I could do things. But growing up, kids weren't always the nicest to me. They were kind of boys. So they were either, put, you know, kind of make the dodgeball out of me or throw them. And they'd just be, try to lock me in lockers and things like that. Yeah. And you know, I understand for someone that was different or people that I think that you know that's been a, a really common thread through a lot of a lot of stories is anybody who is different is sometimes targeted, right? You know what I mean? And and I wish I wish that it would change. I see my my young kids in in school now, and you know what? It's still kind of the same. Right. You know, I mean, as much as culture has kind of changed and you know, for adults and things like that. But I think kids still sometimes, kids are not always nice, you know. And I couldn't imagine, you know, it's, I, I was driving when I, before we met today and I was kind of thinking through things in my life and I was thinking about obstacles that I have had to overcome. They don't, in my mind, they don't compare to being physically overcoming things that you know i i think joe said your doctor told you that you would never be able to do these things and right. you needed to to sit still right and i outlived three different life expectancies you know See? they didn't think i'd make it past my infancy or early childhood or your teen years or young and i'm here today so yeah and that's just a, an amazing example of what it is and i think sometimes we take for granted right. i don't know the correct terminology for it so if it's not a positive but like more able-bodied people right right? i i don't always i don't live my life to its fullest i've seen so many people when you when you ran when you ran a 5k or what was it you ran a 5k you know from a guy who was not able to walk until he's seven to running a 5k that's pretty amazing yeah I do not take as much advantage of the opportunities that I have. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel like I should do more. It really does. So how, how did you get to that point where you were able to, to be able to, you know, from a doctor telling you you shouldn't be doing these physical things to next thing you know, you're running. Well, I, well growing up, I always had mouthless persistence, and that's something that my grandmother taught me just to keep trying keep working on it and, and, you know, just always trust in God and pray to God about things. And um, one thing that my grandmother always taught me is never believe in labels that the medical community would give me at one time. They thought I'd be a vegetable or, or paralyzed. And I told them at one time they thought I'd be deaf. And I guess there's a story as one day my grandparents were babysitting me and when my mom and dad came to pick me back up, they rang the doorbell and I kind of jumped and turned and looked at the noise. And so... They knew I'd be able to hear. Yeah. And so just being able to walk at some, they didn't think I'd be able to walk. And so back in 2013, when I met Joe Hogan, um, I kind of wanted to 
give it her strength and stability in Sanma. So I joined at Anytime Fitness, they had a special, like for a trial month plus a, a personal trainer. So I met with Joe. And then before this, um, he knew that I had been involved in races because I have a friend, Dr. Richard Newkirk, who pushed me in like half marathons, full marathons, 10Ks. He'd push you like right, in a cart? Right. Yeah, in a wheelchair, racing okay. wheelchair that is sponsored by Hammer Medical. And so I've always loved being in the running community, but didn't think it, it would be possible because of my feet and my just physical stamina. And so when I was telling Joe Hogan about what I do, he says, well, how would you like to kind of surprise the doctor and run your own race? And we kind of broke it down in steps. Huh. So what was the first step towards that? Well, we just started running like just a couple blocks at a time or from one fire hydrant to another. And then slowly he would increase that each week. Over the last few years, uh, me and my wife have started running. You know, right. my wife's doing half marathons and yeah. I'm watching her do half marathons. Right. But um, it, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I remember, you know, over the last couple of years, I've lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And running, when you're almost 300 pounds, I was almost 300 pounds. Yeah. Running is not an enjoyable activity. And it, I did the exact same thing that you did. You right. know, I just ran a little bit and then I would walk. And then I would run a little bit farther, and then I would walk. Right. And eventually, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I think the longest run I think I've ever done was eight miles, nine miles, something like that. But, you know, that's a, it, it started with just being able to run a block, like you're saying. Anybody who doubts what they can accomplish, right. it's just those little bites at a time, right? Just and just some baby steps, break it down and put it all together. Yeah. And so, did you actually run a 5K before? Did you know you could do it before the race day? Um, I wasn't sure, but I trusted um, Joe's thing, and I knew if it was God's will. I mean, everything kept progressing together, and so the biggest thing was to surprise Dr. Newkirk, because like I said, he usually, he's been pushing me in a lot of races. Normally we do three races a month over wow. the past 10 years. And so he's an avid runner. He's 62 now, and he's been running ever since he was in his 20s. And so normally he, he will get out a wheelchair and, you know, get, uh, we'll get ready for a race. And we had kept this whole training a secret, you know, from Dr. Newkirk. And, well, I talked to his wife and, well, and said, you know, hey, I have a surprise for Dr. Newkirk. I'm going to run the race with him. So, you yeah. know, he gets ready, get, gets the wheelchair out, gets loaded up, says, well, hey, I have a surprise. I'm going to run with you. What, so he was surprised. Yeah, I mean, what was his reaction to that? He, at first, he was taken back. He got a little emotional. A lot of people did. I even had um, Des Moines Register come out and do the story in Channel 13 because throughout the years, um, Channel 13 has always covered Dr. Newkirk and I in our relationship because sometimes we will do motivational speaking together and they just always follow our story. So that would be kind of neat. That is, that's, that's super so the amazing. media was there, and it was kind of cool. So you've done some speaking and different things like that with him. Right. Are you involved? I mean, I know that, that Noonan syndrome is kind of a, a rare disorder, right. right? Is there a community for it? Um, yeah, there, there's all kinds of different uh, Facebook pages or support groups. Okay. Yeah, there is a National Noonan Syndrome Organization or Foundation. Have you found yourself being inspirational in that area? I mean, I would think that 
somebody could look at what you've done and and kind of be shocked, right? And so does it give, I mean, have you seen other, especially younger kids, have you seen it give them hope and give right, them? Right, I won't try to motivate others say, hey, if I can do this, you can do this as well. And how I learned about that Noonan Syndrome um, Foundation, I've always heard about it, but when I wrote that no anyone out there after I ran my 5K, the video of me running my 5K kind of went viral. Yeah. And that's how then the National News Organization contacted Dr. Newkirk and then myself. And so, I mean, so it was national news right. after you did it. Right. Didn't you also get an award from Anytime Fitness? Yes, I, I sure did. And so um, Joe Hogan and the, um, the owner of the Anytime Fitness in Altoona at the time, Desiree Fletcher, nominated me to be the um, 2015 National and World Members Success Story. Yeah, and so it was, is an amazing success yeah. story, really. And so about three weeks before, three weeks before I went down to Nashville, I said, well, get ready, you're going to Nashville, we have a surprise for you, okay? So there's like 200 or 400, 300 applicants, and I was the number one chosen, so. Wow. It was cool. When you look back, I mean, obviously God has played a part in your life since, since you were a young child. Yes. So when you look back at that walk with God and the progression of your life, how have you seen God play those pieces, put them together for you? I believe just my relationship, being a Christ follower, and just kind of made my knowing, even though there may be challenging things, God will help get me through this. Yeah. You know, and knowing that, you know, um, sometimes since I pray, I'll just kind of talk to him and say, hey, you know, just like we're talking now. And then I just, in through people at church I can talk to and family that are also. Now, when you're, when you're young, right. kids aren't the friendliest. No. And yet you still had this faith and right. you still stayed strong. Do you attribute that to your, to your family a lot? And I attribute to God. I think I am here today because of my family, a communion, a lot of prayers, important supporting God, just working miracles. If you've overcome three life expectancies, yes. it's nothing but blessings. Right. Exactly. So, so now, when you look at that, you've overcome so much of that. Do you? And it might be hard because I, I know sometimes when I when I live in the moment, it's hard for me to look at what's happening, but. Does it change your mindset to know that the time that you've had here has been progressed and that God has had your hand next to it? Like, do you, I sometimes take for granted that I wake up and I go to work and I do these things. Is it just a normal everyday thing for you just to live this normal life? Or do you wake up every day, probably not every day, but do you wake up and just say, God, I'm so glad I'm here. And I, just, I try to do that. I probably don't know every day, like you're saying. But, but take each day. I acknowledge him, like, um, when just going through my, do the job I have now, I work at American Enterprise. And I've been there uh, a little over two and a half years. But before that, I used to work for HP. And I was, Hewitt Packard, I was laid off. It took me about nine or ten months 
to find my current job I have now. And I've seen God's provisioning in He Network because I made a full-time job finding a job every day and, and praying and just doing a lot of networking. And God's time was perfect because the day I got my job or accepted a job offer, my severance and um, unemployment would run out. So God's timing is amazing. It, it is, you know, and I, I think I've, I've probably talked so about yeah, it. So yeah, I would wake up saying, okay, God, how do you want me to do my day or you know, how do you want me to do this? That's, and it's, it's, an, it's an amazing thing when you do that. And, you know, I, I've made, you know, I've made jokes before about, you know, my wife and, you know, how, you know, she's, she's, the Holy Spirit speaks through my wife and not through me sometimes. But, you know, I remember when I started my business, money didn't come in. You know, you just can't open the doors and expect yeah. your phone to start ringing. And there was times that I was so concerned and, and I did kind of the same thing i was i was on fire at the time i'm gonna start this business and i'm gonna make it work and you know what money just didn't come in and my wife would always say god you know god will provide for us and i would go out there and some check that was owed to me would be in the mailbox on the day that i needed it and right. you know it's 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 funny because i think sometimes a a secular person would look at that and say oh you had that check coming but i think as Christians, sometimes we, those coincidences can't happen no, all the I, time. No, I agree with that. And when we look at them, God's timing is when we need it. And that timing is something that nobody can deny. When I need, when I need $200 tomorrow right. and it shows up in the mail today, right. and it happens multiple times, <laughs> there's a really good reason why that happens, and it's not coincidence, right? right? So I think that that's, that's neat, that the idea of just waking up and, trusting in God's provision because, man, I wish I could do, I wish I could do a better job of it. And just like Pastor Mike's sermon said in past, you know, everything we have is given to us by God, our jobs, money we have. Yeah. And so that's why we need to tithe and give back to it. Yeah, it really is. So what, what were, what were your parents like? Are they, are they still with us? Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, my, my parents divorced when I was in sixth or seventh grade. And they both have remarried. Okay. But I had a great family support growing up. And my mom was an advocate for me in schools, and so was my dad. He was a good support system. Well, and, and I look back at when I was in school, I'm, I'm about 10 years younger than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in school, there really wasn't a lot of support for people with special needs. Right. My brothers worked with special needs, adults, physical, mental, whatever there is. And there's a lot of resources available now. But when I was growing up, I don't remember there being there. When you were growing up, there was probably less, wasn't no, there? No, there probably less, right. And so, I mean, what was that? I mean, what was, you go to school and, I it mean. It was just harder, like having to advocate to have a teacher's aid. Yeah. Because you know, it was hard for me to write. And then at one time, so I could get a word processor, an essay, old antiquated version, a pre-laptop, yeah. you know, like, so, just gonna, because due to my fine motor skills and coordination, it's hard for me to write, so my mom and, and dad would advocate for me so I could have a word processor and so I could take notes. See, and that's, you know, and that's amazing that they were able to just kind of put their foot down and, and be that advocate that you right. needed and give, give make sure that you were able to be educated and treated as well as as everybody else you know that that you were around 
what are your dreams, man? Like, if you, if you look in, if God could put you in a place, like, obviously, you, you, in, in the groups of people with Noonan syndrome, and, I mean, even outside, you know, I see, it's been amazing to me. I remember, I remember when there was the article in the newspaper about you running your race, and the, the people that surrounded you were amazing. You know what I mean? So you have people all over just able to love and care on you. If you, can, if you can see into the future, what would you hope would happen? I'd like to be able to continue to do motivational speaking or help others or maybe somehow work with a group of high school kids or junior high that has disabilities or talents and be able to help them. Or maybe someone that's feeling at a loss or not sure what to do. I can just kind of help them say, hey, this is what I've overcome. And sharing my story like I am now. Yeah, I mean, and I, think, I think that it's definitely a story that's worth sharing. Everybody has to overcome something, and I think that sometimes that my battles haven't been with my legs, right? And, you know, where yours, you know, I'm sure that you have the emotional battles as well as the physical ones. And so just being able to overcome them has been something, something great. And what do you think that your, your biggest triumph is then? I mean, just, you know, when you look at the blessings that God's, kind of bestowed upon you, what, what is it? I mean, I'm able to live independently on my own. Yeah. I have a roommate who's my cousin, and we have a, our landlord is also my aunt, so it's fun to, you know, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to kind of live on my own, but I'm self-sufficient. I've had, I'm able to support myself and just be, kind of have my own life. You got the job, you got, right. I mean, just the, the regular things. And so, right. I mean, I think that, remarkable the steps that you've made to get there can we talk more about like what you like when it was like as you were growing up like what family friends like how it got you to the place where you're at now um like go back in history a little bit more with some some detail do you know what i mean yeah um Anytime I'd have some rough time in schools or challenging people, I would talk to my um, parents or some of my other family member or even some one or two friends I had at school. So they would help me get through that. Or sometimes if I was having trouble with another group of kids, they would help kind of stick up for me. So, I mean, that must have given you a lot of to cherish friendships. Right. Right. And so, I mean, is that something that's kind of followed you right. through your through your life? I mean, just that. The idea of friends are such a valuable commodity. Right, and, and family. And family. And connection. Yeah. So now is your family all still in the in the metro, in the um, Des Moines, Iowa Most area? of my family is. I have one brother um, and his family. They live out in um, Oklahoma. Okay. So how many siblings do you have? I then? am one brother and one sister. I'm the youngest. Okay. What's the age difference between um, you We're guys? all three years apart. So my sister is six years older than me. My brother is three years older. Okay. And my brother lives in Miami, Oklahoma, and he's a rancher. Wow. And so, yeah. What, cows and stuff? Yeah, and cattle. Cattle? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you ever make it down to go visit oh, yeah. him? One, once, once a year, so. so okay. So that's, that's got to be a different kind of life. So you go visit him. Is there other travels and trips that yeah. you take? Yeah, um, one trip I always look forward to is going down to Plano, Texas to see my cousin Chad. Okay. And his wife Lisa. So I love going down there, and they have always been another 
advocate and support system for me. Yeah. And helping me think, helping me think things out or been a co- kind of coach me or mentor me. And locally, I have a um, cousin, Gene Denny, who lives in Johnson, who works for the Des Moines school system. So we'll hang out regularly. And one thing I like about Gene is if he's noticing something that might be bothering me or something that's not quite white, he'll just say, hey, sit down. Hey, what's going on? Or he'll keep it real. So. Yeah, and just able to kind of read right. read you. Right. And I, you know, that's something that you got to have a good relationship with somebody to be able right. to really look at them, look at their body language, and, and right. be able to tell if something's going on with them. So. Right. And when I ran my race, my cousin Taylor Jameson, who's also my ran with me in the race too. And Jean's daughter, Leah, she ran with me. So I had quite an entourage of people running with me. Yeah. That day. After you've done that, have you, have you been able to keep your fitness stuff up and going? Yeah, pretty much. And then I ran this, the, the, my first 5K that I ran in 2013. I ran again in, last year in Pope City. Okay. So it's fun. So that's neat. I mean, just to be able to go back and keep doing the right. doing the race again and again, you know, and that's something that I didn't really understand. And I've done a handful of 5Ks and different things with my wife. Right. And before I ran, it sounded kind of like a boring thing to be able to, I'm going to go run the same race again. Right. But there's something about it that's neat to be like, well, I've done this. I'm going to do it again. And, right. you know, I'm do it faster. I'm going to do it better. I'm going right. to run the whole thing and not walk a section. Right. You know what I mean? And, and just to be able to that's the thing about the running that's been kind of neat is that you can do your own limit. You know what I mean? Right. You, you, you push yourself. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a guy who's going to win the race, so I'm just excited about finishing. Yeah. So I've always kind of been interested in running, and so I don't know. Um, someone I met, Dr. Newkirk at Prairie Bridge. That's how I got to be involved in running community because he came up to me at church and said, you know, how would you like to be? run the races with me and so he told me his idea of pushing me in a wheelchair and the thing I like about being in the running community is um, people in the running community they will look past my exterior differences and see me yeah. as me so when Dr. Newkirk was pushing me he would they'd come up and congratulate him or or cheer him on or motivate him you can do this or they see me as a person so at Prairie Ridge Church is is the place where we've kind of passed each other right I, from the outside, have a feeling that people don't see you as different there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're Dave, you run the camera, right. you, you know, you That's got your own... That's why I love Green Privilege, because yeah. when I walk in that door, I can leave the worldly or the secular things behind yeah. and just be myself. What is it like when you enter the world, though? I mean, like when you're out at the mall... Sometimes people will stare early, especially if I'm wearing shorts or leg brace, but now I'm so used to, I just... It's just tuning out the way that life is. Right. When you were younger, I mean, there's got to be other, I'm thinking that there's probably somebody who's going to listen who maybe has something that they don't like about themselves, right? Or maybe something that people look at them differently or they're self-conscious about something. For those people who look at them, when when you were growing up, what was it like when somebody would stare or it was very uncomfortable right and i got down or depressed sometimes and it's very emotional yeah i mean just because you're a human right. you're a normal you know you're right. a normal guy just accept me as that i mean is right. that kind of what your hopes were right 
and eventually maybe I could have one person that would kind of say, hey, I, I am normal or, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've never, that's, you were always just you, yeah, you know what I mean? It's the same as, same as me walking in. I mean, I don't look like the guy next to me, but it doesn't make it different. It no. doesn't make it wrong. We've done a lot of work with homeless. Right. And in talking with them, it's, it's funny. They might not have a physical ailment or a physical disability, but that's the one thing that they've always said too. What is it that makes it hard for you? And they said, people don't see us as people. Like they just, because people stare at them or people taunt them or, you know, poke fun at them because they, they don't see them as the same as everybody else. And I think that it's so important as, especially as Christians, that we remember there's people and then there's God, right? Like we are all people, right. you know, like we're the same. There's no, I'm better than you. No. I'm less than you. No. We're just people. And we all look different, walk different, talk different. I don't understand sometimes on why the world wants to bottle us up into these groups. You know what I mean? And, and well, you, you're over there because you have red hair. You know what I mean? And you're over here because you have blonde hair. You know, I mean, we're, we're all just brothers and sisters. So is there advice that you could give somebody who maybe is going through that uncomfortable period? Like, does it just that it gets better through time? It or? will get better, and it's important to develop a support system, a networking of community or people, person I can say, you know, just tell a person, hey, this is an idea I want to do. Or what do you think about that? How can I make this happen? How did you develop this support system that you have? Like, I mean, it seems like you have a, a really strong group around you. Right. How did you develop that? I mean, is that something that, that you had to work to develop, or...? I, I, I believe yes, combination of work to do like people outside my family. I had to a little bit, but people inside my family is sort of natural, natural. Support. Yeah, I mean, within your family, hopefully right. they love and right, care right. and want to bring you up. But when you're building those supports, I mean, because I think that as much as as we might focus on the on the fact that you have Noonan syndrome, I think that it's also I need a support system. Right. My brother needs the support. You know, we all need that. Right. What what avenues did you go about setting up a support system that wasn't your family? Like, did you just build those relationships, or what was it? What was it like when you first started surrounding yourself with people? It was tough. I mean, so I just finally thought, well, you know, support system is not going to come to me. I have to go out, and so I do little things out in a community or little activities here and there, so people got to know me from. Uh, they get to know you, they get to meet right. you, and, and spend time with you. Right. What, I mean, what kind of activities are you doing? I mean, mainly things around a church, are you doing community stuff? Or? Um, yep, and then I'm involved with Train to Inspire. Yep. And, and with that, and some of my favorite activities I do is um, I like taekwondo and sparring. Okay. So I'll do taekwondo once a month, and occasionally when time allows, I'll do sparring. I really like sparring be able to kind of hit on my instructor so I won't be hit back you know <laughs> and it can they'll teach me different um punching kicking little combinations moves, whatever combinations are yeah. and then they'll teach me blocking but it's such a great stress reliever oh I'm and so um we do this on um, train to inspire and east coast on um, taekwondo has partnered up 
to form a special class, and it's called Class Without Limits. And so people from all range of disabilities, from more to profound disabilities, more less can able to be in Taekwondo. I've gone to a couple FUSE events. Right. Um, and FUSE is special needs yeah, program sure. at right. Prairie Ridge Church. Right, and Lisa Nidey and David Nidey have started that program. In fact, I'm in a small group okay. with them on Monday nights. And so that's another thing I like about my small group is they take, except me as me, they look, they don't even see my, so they just see me as Dave. Yeah, you know. And I can get real with them. And that's, that's what I like about Ridge. I remember, especially early on in my Christian walk, right. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't brought up in the church, and, you know, I kind of, in my 20s, found my way right. to Christ. And it's, it's interesting how, when I look at that, I see, I'd never felt that people seen me right. for me. I, I thought that people seen me for the mistakes that right. I made, and that, you know, they, they always look past what I was doing now right. and, and seen me for being a screw-up. Right. And now it's it's kind of interesting because I yeah same deal I've I've surrounded myself with people who love me care about me that I can open up with and I mean to the point now where I feel like I can you know I mean I've aired some pretty dirty laundry on the podcast right. and I feel that that is just my life and that is me right. and I have a ton of people who love and care for me. Yeah. And if I can't be myself and honest, have my appearance not justified by the things that I've done, then I don't need to be around that. You know what I mean? And right. do you get that as well? Like, you know, this is just who I am. And if you don't like it or you're uncomfortable by it, see it, like, you can go. Sometimes. Like, I just try to, or sometimes I'll try to work on people so they can get past their... And that's probably such a better way to do it. Right. I love to love on the people who love right. me, which is easy, right. right? Right. And sometimes the emotional connection and that love, that love side of things is really difficult for me. And I think that, you know, that idea that you have of, I'm going to work on them. Right. Being the bigger man and saying, hey, you know, this is really, you have another option. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Right. That's a, I mean, that's a heartwarming nice thing to yeah. do that, that I fall short at. Right. So. You know, that's one thing I like about being on the production team, because when I first signed up, they focused on the things I could do versus the things I couldn't. Yeah. And they found my strengths at camera duty. I tried to do, you know, visuals and slides, but that weren't my strong suits. So they, I went back over to cameras, and they just kept focus, focusing on my strengths and not worrying about things I couldn't do, compared to, like, the secular world, you know, people like, oh, you can't do this, or... They focus on the negative. For example, it's <clears throat> like when I was looking for my new job, I had, I had this excellent resume, I'd always get a lot of hits, but when it came to an interview, people would, the wall would go up, as soon as they see my exterior differences, so sometimes I'd have to work 20 times harder in an interview to get them to take down that. That's a shame. Being a small business guy, I had a a good group of guys who were working with me a lot. Right. And and I employed a couple a couple guys and when I downsized a little bit, um, you know, I had to a couple of those guys were guys that I had to get rid of. 
and not by any matter of their own. We were just restructuring some things. Mm -hmm. And I went out and tried to help them get jobs. And I was really kind of amazed the visual difference in that guy. I had to pretty much vouch for them and say, listen, this guy's worked for me for four years. He's an amazing employee. Right. You know, here's this and this and this, uh, you know, and build them up because if they just would have walked into the interview, I, as sad as it is to say, I don't know that they would have gotten the jobs. Right. You know, and I, I you know, that's a probably, probably something else that, that a guy like me takes for granted that right. I can walk into an interview and, and, Right. And some of the things in an interview would be interesting. You know, you're always talking about give eye contact. Yeah. And look when sometimes some interviewers would look away or kind of look down. And sometimes I would just leave the interview saying, okay, this is my strength. This is what my work history. And so being able to fit somebody into a system, being a guy who hires people, right. I find it so much more important to get somebody who is friendly, polite, is capable of learning the job. Right. You don't have to know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you can find somebody who has good characteristics, you can teach them to do about anything. I have been amazed when I've seen people who, you know, they want, you know, an employer wants you to be all of these things in the gray area before they'll hire you because sometimes you're never going to find that, no. you know, and... I think that sometimes celebrating that diversity that you right. can have within an organization, within a church, within anything, you know, somebody who, you know, somebody of ethnicity, somebody who has physical, mental right. capabilities, you know, those, those things are going to grow you and right. your organization. Do you think that when you have walked in, like, so, you know, you've been in your job for a couple of years now. Right. Do you feel that you have been able to really mold some things around you to be able to, right. to show a, your capabilities right. in a way that and they didn't see? I have a great supervisor and support team that mm -hmm. will even check in with me. How, how am I doing? I want to make sure. And they always give me feedback and say, I'm willing to try new things or I have such a positive attitude or happy and yeah. just... I, I don't bring um, drama into the workplace. I kind of, and that's that's like an ideal employee, right? right. Your positive attitude, and, and you then, don't bring drama. Yeah. I may be a little bit slower at some things, but I'm more linear instead of multitasking. But they know I'll get the job done. Yeah, that's got to be a great hit, kind of for right. your ego. You know, I mean, ego might not be a great word right. for it, but you know, just to keep building you up and to right. inspire you that. In your heart, you know you're good, and then on the outside, right. people know you're good too. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that I think that it's it's fantastic, and the idea that you could go and build up other people through your speaking, right. through these things, it would be. I think that a lot of people would do have a lot of good in listening to you share those things, and in that kind of a more intimate face to face environment the doctor the the guy who you were doing races with what was right. his name again dr rich newkirk what uh what kind of a doctor is he um he's more a doctoral of education and doctor of um neurology and studies of the brain okay so he 
Brain doctor. Yeah. Okay. Well, not like brain doctor, but you know, like educational, more on the educational aspect. Okay. It was like brain disorders. Okay. He sees a brain. He is also a doctoral of education. He's been a superintendent in the China Judson College. So. Okay. And so. how we met is through his daughter, um, Sherilyn Redbear. She used to be one of the worship leaders at church, but now she goes to a different church. Okay. And I, how we met is I would always be up front. And I didn't really get into the praise and worship because raising my hands or sometimes I would kneel down and raise them. And she was amazing me worship, so she called her dad said, hey, you got to come meet this guy who has every kind of challenges, and, but he doesn't, just really does a lot of stuff. And he's getting into the worship. So Dr. Newkirk and his wife came over Sunday, or Sunday during church and said, hey, I'm so, I'm so-and-so, would you like to come to our house and we'd like to talk to you? Okay. Well, that's neat. I mean, yeah. just... The and that's when he said that he he was running and how would I like to be with him and then cool yeah cool. and you know and it's it always amazes me that people that God puts in your lives right you know what I mean if the doctor wouldn't have been there and Joe wouldn't have been there right. and and this person and that person yeah, right who knows and whether to inspire would not have yeah and sorry because I didn't know at the time that um, Joe or some of his passengers all the challenges he, he's had. Yeah, he shared some of his past with us, too, you know, just about jail and, right, and a couple right. of things. Um, and I didn't know at the time that he just newly out of prison or, or jail, so that was kind of neat. And yeah. knowing that at the time I didn't know that I was motivating him to keep him out of going back down that road. And yeah. so when he finally shared that story with me, it's like, wow, I didn't know I was inspiring him. Yeah, and I mean, it's got to... It's got to feel good to be a man that has followed God for so long and then realize the changes that you've made in somebody else's life. You know, it's, it's, it's funny to me because I've tried to touch a lot of lives. And I bet that if I ever, if I ever hear about the benefits of the touch that I had, I would feel amazed by that. And, you know, I would say that in working with high school youth, I've had a couple tell me, uh, you know, something that you've done has shaped my life or changed my life. And it's, and it always feels wonderful to know that the work that you're doing or the, the relationship that you have spent all this time building has made God's kingdom stronger. Right. But I would say that most of those, you never get the opportunity to know that you ever made a difference, you know. And so I think that the fact that you know that you shaped the course of somebody's life, that's got to be kind of heartwarming. Right, and I didn't know, clear back in 2013, that when Joe and I were co-founders at Train to Inspire, it would take off to grow like it has. What is Train to Inspire doing this. So people who haven't listened to that show, right. can you tell them a little bit yeah, about uh, Train, Train to Inspire? Train to Inspire is an organization that helps people do the impossible. So rather if it's a fitness goal or a, just any type of goal, Joe Hogan will help. So now what, what is the main people who are participating in Train to Inspire? Um, most of the people that are in Train to Inspire have some sort of disability somewhere more profound, somewhere more minor and some were more mild, and then people can come together to just, uh, 
that are accepted, I guess. Yeah. And like, for example, you know, Joe Hogan will kind of push the limits, like doing an obstacle course. It's the only one in the state of Iowa or the Midwest or, in, like, doing, going down slides or, or in, like, canoe races or, or rock wall climbs. Stuff that... Right. Stuff that, that maybe somebody with a disability would... Not be able to do or the never. doctor would say, no, you can't do this. Yeah. Or, or, or tossing a tire and Joe will take these physical activities and say, no, you can't do this. We're here with you. Yeah, and that's and that's got to feel fantastic for right. somebody. I know some of the some of the guys who go to Fuse who have some severe mental disabilities. Right. Um, you know, even uh, you know, one of the guys has cerebral palsy, which is you know, he's he's mentally sound, but he's physically not, and right. he's participated in some of the Train to Inspire things as well. I haven't ever been to a Train to Inspire event, but I've been to some of the Fuse things. And just to see them physically do something that maybe isn't in the norm that they get to experience, they just glow, they light up, and it's it's amazing just to be able to right. see. And I heard something about Train to Inspire was building an obstacle course in Africa? Right, um, because Joe and I sort of went viral. I'm going to see an obstacle course that we do every year in September is now in Africa. So now the hope is that you can take special needs people from Africa and, and do it over there. Do you know where it's at in Africa? Um, I don't remember. Rotenburg or Rotensburg, Africa, South Africa. So. South Africa? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's got to be a, an amazing thing for the, for the people in South Africa because I know when we've traveled outside of the country, we've, you know, we've ran into some people with like Down syndrome or autism, like some of the, some of the, some of the people you might see at more of the fuse type events, right? Some of the mental disabilities. And they are not always given ample opportunity. No. You know, sometimes they're, they're kind of pushed aside a little bit. So I think that, you know, you take a, a place like that where maybe somebody wouldn't be able to experience life to its fullest and give them the opportunity. I, I couldn't imagine more joy than to look on their face and just see people light up. Yeah. So how many people participate in the obstacle course? Um, this year was for um, record setting. There were over 230 participants out. Um, wow. And yeah. I mean, just from all over the state or? Yeah, all over the state, all over. Wow. And so, what is, and, and this has mainly been people who have participated with Train to Inspire, is it that large? Right, and some just word of mouth. Okay. Or some people will just, they may not or go attend other um, Train to Inspire events, but they'll do the obstacle course. When that happens, do you, do you participate in the obstacle course? or do No, you I'm, I'm a volunteer. You've, you help facilitate yes, the event? Yes, like I sometimes I'll run the nerve gun station or the okay. paintball you know, okay. or whatever or the ropes. So, so now as as you get older, do you even have a desire to do it anymore? Um, I I still like it. It's fun. See, it, it's funny because as I get older, I I look at like an obstacle course and I go, yeah, ten years ago I would have ran through that thing, and I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's you know I didn't know if it just is one of those things where you just want to do it. Do you ever get the opportunity to speak at those kinds of things as well? Yeah, sometimes um, in addition to speaking, Dr. Newkirk, Joe, and I will go 
um, when he finds opportunities to um, talk about trying to inspire or get funding for trying to inspire, he'll have me come to these events and I'll speak. What's the, is the general idea that you just kind of share your experience? My story or how Joe and I met, right. Okay. Do you see Joe often still? Um, with Joe being so busy with his work and doing construction and doing transpire, I don't, we don't see each other as often as I'd like, but we hope to make some more time to no. kind of make it real, because I like to kind of get back into kickboxing again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. This is fun. You know, I would imagine that that relationship, though, I feel fortunate that I have a handful of relationships that right. I can't always keep up with. No. I don't talk to somebody for six months to a year. Next thing we see each other, and it's like we've seen each other yesterday. Right, is that kind I, of I agree you, with that. Is that kind of the relationship you guys have as well? Where, yeah, exactly. Like we may go for a few weeks or months, on, or we'll okay, John text and say, hey, how's it going? Or we'll go catch a movie together. So Yeah. And that's got to be, I mean, just to, just to spend time with somebody that where you guys have pushed each other in so right. many ways. I, I know that a lot of those really deep relationships that I have had are built on times that were uncomfortable. Right. Right? And those stresses and those things where we kind of pushed each other or helped each other or did these things, they made that bond so much tighter. And I would imagine that the relationship that you guys had in each other's lives where he kind of helped you physically and you helped him mentally, right. that that idea of you know, just that cohesion, right. it's gotta be a great, a great bond. It is. So when somebody listens to this and they are feeling like they can't accomplish something or they're feeling like they can't get through a situation you know if somebody comes up to you and says how do i do this what would you what do you tell them i i want to i want to make sure that we we leave some people with the idea of of how they can move their life in a direction and i think coming from somebody who has made these amazing triumphs in life it means more coming from you than me. And I would love to hear what you would have to say to somebody who just wants to stop or doesn't think that they're capable. And just kind of basic, just sit down and if they have a, a trusted friend or family member they can talk to, just break it down in steps. So if they want to be able to lose weight or if they want to be able to do push-ups or, or lift weights, just say, hey, I want to start lifting weights. I want to start doing this. Break it down in tiny steps and kind of write about the pros and cons of everything one do, and then steps on how you can do that. And find an accountability partner, because that's important too. Just as somebody to keep you on, right. on task. Right. So I mean, it kind of goes back to that support system idea right. to have, have those people with you. For me, one of the struggles that, I've, that I struggle with is my mind gets in the way. Right. And that's gotta be something that you, I would anticipate that you had to overcome as well. I've entered into things and I think that I'm not strong enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not these things. Is there, is there a way to get that you've used to overcome some of the mental talk that you dialogue in your own head? Well, for me, just relying on God more anytime the Satan or evil one tried to spiritual attacks or you know, or speak lies, you know, because sometimes lies can be loud and truth, but just to 
tune them out, start saying, okay, God, help me get these patches. Spiritual warfare I'm going through. Yeah. And being consistent, and that will happen. Yeah. I think that that's all amazing, amazing advice. From time now, you know, from time to time, I'll feel, I'll get spiritual warfare attacks or attacks from anything, but I know this will just temporarily, I'll get through it or. Yeah, and just say, God help our all retail saints. Someone say, "Hey, this is what's going on." Yeah, and I think where I feel attacked from the enemy. Yeah, that that strong faith yes. has to come into play, and and I always kind of I think on both sides, you know, in in putting a a public podcast out, sometimes I try to relate to what somebody who might not be a person of faith right. would think about it, and. And I don't know how to rationalize that to somebody who is not a person of faith. You know what I mean? Because when when we as Christians sometimes put ourselves in a position and we know, you know, that idea that God will pull us through, we have right. that that idea that there is there's light at the end of that tunnel. Right. And I'm sure that there's ways that the secular world figures that out or rationalizes themselves, but I just don't know how. And I feel so fortunate that that we have God right. and that we're able to have him affect our lives right. in the ways that he has. Before we wrap this thing up, if there's anything else that you'd like to share or say, I'd, I'd love for you to, to do it. Yes, one thing I like, if there's any high school students or college students listening to this, um, get involved with um, like just resource room or special ed. Um, and if you see someone at the lunch table sitting all by himself, invite them to come sit at your table or go sit with them or say, hey, would you like to go out to movies this weekend or with you? Or if you notice that there is someone that's being picked on or not being treated well, stand up for them. Kind of on that, um, I used to help with the Shrine Bowl okay. up in Ames. So they would take our high school athletes from all over the state and they had to be specific requirements for football and then they also had to have a GPA that was so high to be able to play in this game. And one of the things that they made these high school athletes do was go visit a Shrine Hospital. And so it was, you know, the Shrine Hospital was known for, you know, leg disorders and limbs and cleft palates. And so, so they would have a lot of kids from the hospital and then they would also have the athletes, the student athletes, and they would spend the day together. And it was heartwarming for all of them because the kids, you know, some of these kids are four or five years old and these big hulking high school guys in their jerseys come in and they loved seeing them. But then you would watch this big 250-pound, 18-year-old lineman holding hands with this little guy that is five years old who you know has two prosthetic legs and they just hold hands and walk and spend the day together and i think that it impacts everybody so much i never even thought about trying to encourage that within the high school and in middle school type stuff so i think that's great thinking man i really i appreciate your insight on it so well, let's wrap this thing up, Dave. I really appreciate you spending well, time with me. thank you for letting me come here and share my story. No problem, man. Anytime. And it's wonderful just to sit down and spend time with you. So thank, thank you. Thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Dave's story. Remember, you can always stay connected to us uh, on our Facebook page or on our website, godwatchlive.com. Drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing. And even one better than that, if you wherever you find your podcast, if you want to think about possibly giving us a review, we would really appreciate it. The more reviews we get, the more people find us and the more the show grows. So think about doing that for us and have a wonderful week and be blessed.